This presentation has been previously broadcast. The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. But for me, the silence of the universe is shouting, we're the creatures who got lucky. All barriers are behind us. We're the only species that's cleared them, the only species capable of determining its own destiny. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. That was Stephen Webb. He gave a TED Talk a couple years ago, I saw, about the possibility of, well, Earthlings, you and me, being the only civilized people in the universe. So it raises a question. Are we alone? I'll play more of that. I was actually really struck by it because we're hearing, you know, uh, you know, gosh, you're hearing reports, you're seeing television shows dedicated to to uh, aliens, right? And extraterrestrial life. You got ancient aliens, you got Hangar One, you've got movies, you've got all sorts of shows that are out there. Uh, there was some really compelling footage from uh, some military, well, some military footage that was released uh, where uh, Navy pilots. Uh, saw a, a huge tic-tac-shaped object that moved at inconceivable speeds and trajectories and acceleration rates. Uh, they tracked it, and you could actually hear their responses. They were tracking this. That, that got released. And now, uh, as you probably know, maybe you don't know this yet or not, there, there was a little-noticed piece of news that came out this week. The CIA. The CIA has unloaded files that it has about UFOs. So if you're into this type of stuff, if you wonder if we're alone or perhaps if God created other civilizations, and that, of course, raises a lot of theological questions for us. Church has never really ruled one way or the other. Um, the, the CIA has released these, these files, and uh, they say they've released, a, they've released them on a, a CD-ROM. That's about all the information they have on UFOs. Uh, of course, there's, <clears throat> there's no way to, to verify that that is indeed the case. Uh, so does the CIA black vault about UFOs uh, have anything, as they're calling this? They're releasing their black vault. Jim Norton, Sam Roberts from Sirius XM's uh, Faction Talk uh, were a little disappointed when they looked into it. Listen to this. Has anybody? Yeah. I, was that the right? I haven't done it yet. And I looked for a minute. Of course, everything's been redacted. Has anybody in Troy looked at the CIA's UFO file? Is there anything in this? Because it's been out for a couple of days and I've heard nothing. So is this a big bust? Like a big the pile UFO of black shit? vault? Yes. I went to it and I, I started looking and uh, opening PDFs. Again, I've, again, the redactions are just irritating. But I looked around for a second, but I figured if there was anything good, people will find it. And I haven't heard anything. How much information is there? There was a lot there. I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything that was stood out as interesting at all. I'll keep looking and see if I find yeah, anything else. But nothing, a big bust. So yeah, a little bit of disappointment there, right? Um, some of the most compelling video footage you could see, and again, is this government technology? Is it foreign powers? Uh, is it extraterrestrial? You might remember, and and this footage has been all over the web. It's been in newspapers. Uh, it's been on television. The, the Navy released some incredible footage from pilots who were chasing after some unknown objects that, as I said, were doing these incredible maneuvers, uh, things that seem to defy known laws of physics. And it also comes a few months before the Department of Defense is going to you know, unload its information on UFOs to the public, something that it has to do under a provision in the latest COVID relief bill. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
So uh, don't bother trying to figure that one out. But let me share with you. The audio is pretty compelling. This is uh, Commander David Fravor. He was on Vice News. He shared his experience of the 2004 uh, USS Nimitz encounter he had. Take a listen. November 14th, 2004. It's a clear blue sky. There's no wind. And you see this tic-tac. It's just this white object that's randomly moving around. It makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. I remember telling my backseater, I said, dude, I don't know about you, but I'm a little weirded out. It's not a helicopter. It doesn't have rotor wash. There's no propulsion. There's no wings. It rapidly accelerates and disappears. Like, poof, gone. Weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I chased a UFO. But I like to just crawl back under a rock and be myself again. Tracking these things, up to 10 of them, for the last two weeks. And this is the first time we had manned airplanes airborne when it showed up. They had been coming down from above 80,000 come down, hang out at 20,000 for about three hours, and they go straight back up. They've tracked them at just sitting there. They've tracked them at high rates of speed. They've been tracked lots. I don't think we developed the technology. You know, I'm not going to talk little green men or any of that stuff. I'm just saying there's a lot out there that we don't know. Maybe there's some other stuff out there. Yeah, it, 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 I like there's a lot out there that we don't know. Um, let me just throw something out at you just just hypothetically, and we'll talk to Father uh, Spitzer about it. He's going to be stopping by, and we'll, we'll tap into his genius on this issue. You know, when man uh, crawled from, you know, from the cave, so to speak, and took to the field and made his way to the coasts, uh, he saw this massive body of water and eventually, um, you know, discovered a new world, one that they never knew, you know, existed. Is it possible that there are new worlds, literally? that have yet to be explored, uh, that God could have created just as, you know, there was life in the new world, uh, in some other galaxy, some other place in the universe. Is it possible? I mean, maybe the laws of physics prohibit us from ever connecting. Maybe they've died out or maybe they are just being born. Who knows? There's a lot of questions that are being raised, uh, you know, space and time, uh, that's a it's a big factor being able to traverse the distance. I mean, light travels at 186,000 miles per second. I mean, you think about how long it would take you just to uh, to to uh, you know cross our galaxy. It'd be unbelievable. Uh, but look, it raise a lot of questions too, and I'll take your calls too. Father Spitzer's going to be joining us. We'll we'll, t- we'll take a look at how the church views all this and. You know, whether, you know, you know, what's behind some of this, you know, the, these reports about the USS Nimitz and, and the, all this data dump of, of UFOs, this comes a year or so after the Navy released that, that footage, right, from, from the Nimitz, but it raises questions for us. Um, why, why are they doing that? And it is, well, if there is intelligent life somewhere out there, um, what do we do if we encounter it? And who are they? Do they have a human soul? Uh, there's a lot of different questions that we can dive into. According to a poll that was taken back in, in 2019 when people were planning to, to raid Area 51 near Roswell, New Mexico, about a third of Americans believe that UFOs have been sighted um, and, and that are real, um, that, you know, I think 68% said that they believe the government knows a lot more than they're telling the public. Is that possible? Um, is it dangerous? 
we know what happens you know i mean if they have this type of intelligence to 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 find us uh clearly you know that's like being in a in a, a modern day fighter against you know uh somebody on a, a horse and carriage you know back back in the day uh, so you know what's it mean for us our freedom our future uh hopefully they're peaceful right uh, it's also it's other questions to raise is, is how possible is it for life to be out there anywhere else in the universe? Scientists estimate that there's anywhere from 200 billion to 2 trillion, that's with a T, 2 trillion galaxies in the universe. And you would think that with all those galaxies, with who knows how many stars in those galaxies, uh, and, and in the possibility of planets around those stars, that there would be life somewhere else. And I've spoken to astronauts, men who've been to space, and they've said to me, they believe that there is uh, you know, intelligent life out there. But so far, after decades of looking, nobody's found anything, right? They have not found a thing. There's no definitive evidence. So is it possible that there could be life out there? And what happens to our theology and our belief in God if we do find it out there? That's what we should be talking about. We'll take your calls and questions. Father Robert Spitzer joins me. As I often say, one of the brightest men I know. He's a Jesuit priest and a brilliant scientist. You can check him out and his great work at the Magis Center of Reason and Faith at magiscenter.com. Also the Spitzer Center for Catholic Organizations at spitzercenter.com. Dot org. And Father, it is a delight to have you here. I, I love picking your brain on this. Uh, I was talking to you off air about how light was found in the deepest recesses of space where there should be none. And lots of questions are raised, but uh, let's let's start with this one, okay? And, uh, <laughs> just uh, There was an Oxford University study found that life starting on Earth was a series of inc- uh, just incredible luck yeah that was their word they said we were incredibly lucky events were highly improbable here and would be almost impossible to replicate anywhere else so was it mere luck that life got started here on earth and and let's talk about those probabilities of life maybe existing somewhere else what are your thoughts well, the Oxford study is pretty um, a, pr- a very good study because what they did was they took a look at uh, all the climatic, uh, climatic conditions that would have to be in place and sequenced uh, correctly in order for an organism like ourselves with a complex cerebral cortex uh, to develop. So if you, if you really look at it, um, uh, if you just take a look at 100 factors, for example, and the sequencing they, they would need to have and the, uh, the amount of time, which is important, like 3 billion years. I mean, there's so much complexity and so much, uh, you know, need for restarting and resequencing and things of that nature. They just put it, you know, these these factors into their computer and basically ran a random generator is what it's called. And the random generator looked at, you know, okay, what would be the odds of uh, of another life form developing, uh, which you know, our life form, you know, developing in three billion years. By the way, is already remarkably coincidental and highly, highly, highly improbable. I mean, even um, people who are, are, you know, agnostic people uh, uh, like um, Nagel, Thomas Nagel, uh, you know, wrote a book called Mind and Cosmos, why the uh, Darwinian um, uh, evolutionary um, uh, theory um, uh, is almost certainly wrong. 
And what he meant by Darwinian um, uh, theory is uh, one that is materialistic. So Darwinian materialistic evolutionary theory is almost certainly wrong. Well, why did he say that? Just not enough time. So let's just, for granted, you just say, okay, three billion, we did it against all odds, right? I mean, we're talking about, you know, billions and billions, billions and billions, billions uh, you know, a, a chance against that happening in three billion years. But let's suppose it, it, it happened. Um, what would be all the sequencing, climatic conditions, everything that would need to occur, you know, in, in three billion years? And let's just see whether these random generators can generate anything like this by pure chance. Well, the answer is basically no. I mean, we are so unique, and the odds against us coming about in three billion years are certainly, um, you know, uh, low. And then the odds of replicating the exact climatic conditions that happened on, in the Earth's three billion year evolutionary development, you know, happening on another planet are so exceedingly, exceedingly improbable. The basic answer is, well, there probably shouldn't really be any life forms like us with complex cerebral cortexes out there. There really shouldn't be any complex life forms. I mean, maybe a protozoa, possibly an amoeba, you know, a single-celled, um, you know, bacterium or something of that nature, maybe a virus, something. I'm not sure, but, you know, essentially, maybe that could develop. And, and the reason that's certainly possible, and maybe even some plant life, uh, along the simple lines might be um, possible. And that's because, as you already pointed out, Drew, uh, there are 100 uh, billion uh, galaxies out there, or maybe 200 billion galaxies out there. And there's probably about 100 billion stars in each galaxy. So that would make, you know, the number of stars in our universe um, basically a billion trillion. So there's a tendency the two. So I think that's a billion trillion. But anyway, it's a billion trillion stars in our universe. Now, if you've got a billion trillion stars in our universe, and let's suppose that um, uh, maybe even 5% of, uh, the, of those stars have an, what's called an exoplanet, a planet that's exactly at the right distance from that sun to be a solid rocky planet, which, um, you know, is not going to burn up or is not going to just freeze to death. So it's got to be right in, in the Goldilocks zone, uh, away from this, their, their particular star or sun. So if, if you, you, know, you look at that, you say, well, okay, let's suppose 5% qualify. And that's a pretty liberal estimate. Uh, still, that's just 5% of a billion trillion. So maybe, just maybe, there could be a bacterium, maybe even a simple a vegetative life form. But what the Oxford study shows that it's highly unlikely that all the climatic conditions to give rise to a steady uh, you know, evolutionary development without complete start-overs over a three billion year uh, uh, period to get to a human life form is so exceedingly improbable. We're probably unique, yeah. and that, uh, that's what Which is amazing, is. Father, if you yeah. think about it. I, I saw this TED Talk, and Patrick, I know you found the audio for me, but if you could send me the link to that. I want to watch it again. It was about 18 minutes. When I was done watching this, you, know, you see all these UFO shows and all this other stuff and all the probability of yeah. habitable planets. You think, oh, it's, there's got to be a probability that it's out there. Even astronauts are saying it. When yeah. he was done laying this out, just as you pointed out, not only 
is Earth been lucky to support life for three billion years? And and but you know you think about you know the way we could destroy ourselves and our planet as well. You talk about so many other factors. When I was when he was done laying this out, I was amazed. I, I began to believe. Well, you know, maybe there aren't. Maybe there isn't intelligent life out there at all. It, it's pretty amazing, and that would really speak to God's love for us, you know, as His sons and daughters, and and to creation. And I just I, I love the thought of that as well. Maybe that's a selfish view. I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Do you think there's intelligent life out there? Well, well if there is intelligent life out there, then a God must have created. I'm going to say another twin Earth. Uh, you know, as the Oxford study would say, uh, another uh, uh, Earth-like planet with identical kinds of climatic climatic conditions with exceedingly, exceedingly, exceedingly improbable stability over a three billion year period. Okay, let's suppose God did it, all right? And uh, I certainly would believe that that would require some providential hand, but uh, not just pure luck a second time around. You know, how uh, lucky can you be to get not only, you know, a a trillion, 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 trillion to one, uh, you know, odds, uh, you know, not just, but twice, with only, uh, you know, uh, basically a, a billion trillion stars. Yeah. I mean, the, the, just the, yeah, the, the yeah. odds are just so improbable. But let's I, suppose God did it, providential hand. He'd also have to create a soul, because yeah. as I establish in my book, The Soul's Upward Yearning, I, I, I can show you very clearly, you cannot have human-like intelligence, which has what we call conceptual ideas, without some kind of a soul. You cannot have the desire for perfect truth, love, goodness, beauty, and home. That is to say, an awareness of what perfect truth would be like. That's complete intelligibility would be like. That's not going to come from something material. It's not even going to come from a complex material brain structure. It's going to have to come from something that is almost transcendent to physics that can grasp the whole intelligibility of being sufficiently to, to have the human understanding of, the, of, of complete intelligibility or awareness of complete intelligibility, which allows us to ask questions incessantly. It's a remarkably creative gift. By the way, just, you know, we've talked on, on your show before about um, near-death experiences and how they show that uh, yeah. human beings have a soul that's capable of surviving bodily death, and that comes from not just good peer-reviewed medical studies of near-death experiences, but uh, medical studies of terminal lucidity as well. And so you look at these things, you say, okay, there's a ton of evidence for the soul and, and self-reflectivity. I mean, there's a guy named uh, Chalmers, uh, David Chalmers over there at Oxford University, who's, who basically has written a book which somebody's got to respond yeah. to, because yeah. he basically is saying there is no way that without some transmaterial, almost what we might call, you know, um, uh, uh, spirit-like, uh, you know, uh, entity which is capable of, of right. self-grasping itself. Uh, w- without this, you're not going to be able to explain a huge, uh, you know, number of, of phenomena out there. And, and, and Chalmers, by the way, is, is not anxious to proclaim the existence of God creating souls. I mean, he's uh, kind of, you know, awaiting it, but he, I think he's in the same position as Thomas Nagel. What am I going to do with this data? You know, I mean, there's something weird going on here. And by the way, Kurt Gettle, who is, you know, a great mathematician who developed, you know, the, uh, what's called the incompleteness theory. But uh, what he shows is human intelligence is able to 
derive whole new sets of mathematical laws without making recourse to previous sets of algorithms, thereby recognizing the deficiencies in past algorithms and, and, and yep, adapting yep. A, a whole new set to, to complete it. So you look at this and you go, without a soul, where would we be? Yep. Well, what's my conclusion? The simple conclusion is simply this. Hey, if you go out into space there and you find an alien, and he does math like we do, he has the desire for perfect truth, perfect love, perfect goodness, perfect beauty, and perfect home, just like we do. He has conceptual ideas, just like we have. He is self-conscious, just like David Chalmers' hard problem of, of, of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Maybe call it the hard problem of self-consciousness. And he also has experiments that show that even his soul will survive bodily death, and he has near-death experiences and terminal lucidity experiences, etc., cetera, right, et cetera. Right. And you come upon this being, you know what you got to do. What? The Church would say immediately catechize him and then baptize <laughs> him if he accepts the catechesis. Because yeah. after all, he's just like you and me, yeah. because God had to create him. How are you going to get a transphysical soul from a merely materialistic universe? Yeah. Answer, you're not. You're going to have to have a transphysical cause, and that sounds like God. All right, well, I'll tell you what, Father, I want to grab a couple calls, a lot of people waiting sure. to join sure. you. Uh, before I go to the calls, though, uh, let me take a break, so that will give you an opportunity sure. to, to answer. I appreciate your, your patience on hold. I'll do my best to get you on the air. If you want to join us, let me give you the number, too. The number is 888 If you're just joining us, uh, CIA has released what they call the UFO Black Vault, their information on uh, you know unidentified flying objects. And we're talking about whether or not intelligent life exists. What evidence is there out there? There are arguments that, no, we are all alone, even though there are trillions of possibilities. Um, One other thing, too, and Father, we can get into this when we come back. An unexplained light. Scientists have found, uh, well, they describe it a problem. Uh, They have found, uh, well, the scientists, astronomers have been studying this visible light in the sky, and uh, they found it in a place where there should be no light. We can talk about that and God's creation and so much more. Stay with us when we come back. I'll fill you in on the details of that, and we'll take your calls at 888-914-9149. Don't go away. The conversation continues right after this. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. A look at life you won't find anywhere else. Relevant Radio is supported by CatholicSingles.com and the Catholic Singles app. The Catholic dating community for single men and women to meet other single Catholics through interactive polls and personalized batches. CatholicSingles.com. Genuinely Catholic. Get informed and get connected. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Always trying to give you a look at life you all find anywhere else thank you for tuning in and joining me if you enjoy the broadcast tell others about it set to your radio or make sure you stream us and uh, of course if you want to revisit the conversation say gosh i wish i heard the beginning of that you can always go and listen to my podcast and that's at relevantradio.com and uh, patrick has that up about an hour or two afterwards and patrick i don't know whether we're on youtube or some or not youtube but uh, apple or uh, not itunes is the word i'm looking for some other places 
It's all up there. Okay, Apple, Spotify, places like that. Great. So we are up there. Hey, I saw a big story today, um, and I thought we should talk about this. The CIA has unloaded its files on UFOs. They released a, a CD-ROM of this information. People are scaring through it. There are a lot of people who believe that there is intelligent life, that sure, if God you know, made the continents, why couldn't he make more habitable planets? And I'm speaking with Father Spitzer today. Uh, he has written about uh, not only this issue, but so many other issues as well, the yearning of the of the human soul and intelligent life. And Father, uh, you know, you and I were talking about the probability of this. From all that you said, even though there are so many galaxies and stars and possible habitable planets, it's very unlikely that there is intelligent life such as uh, as ours out there. Um, space is a mystery. You know, God's creation is a mystery. Uh, let me start with this, then we'll grab some calls for you. I was sharing with you a little bit about this unknown light, this unexplained light, about a month before the great conjunction that we had in December where, you know, Jupiter and, and Saturn got together. Uh, NASA came out. I saw a report where they announced a, what they were calling an unexpected discovery. It was separate from this. And what they found was that there was evidence of light in deep space. And they had no, there was no explainable source for this light. So they studied the photographs that were taken by the New Horizons space probe, which is now, I think, 4 billion miles away, but it's still beaming footage to Earth. And, and NASA came across what they're describing as an unexplained glow. And it was in areas particularly distant, you know, from any known source of light, such as stars or galaxies, and it just made me wonder that you're in the vastness of this darkness, and yet there is light. It brought me back to to Genesis, you know, where God, you know, created light before He created, you know, the the earth and the sun. Um, what do we know about this? And and you know, how can you explain it? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but what do you make of that particular story? And and, and what are scientists? What have they discovered? Well, um, you know, uh, what happened was that they were looking at deep space, and deep space generally is quite separated from what we call known light sources. So a known light source would either have to be the creation of a galaxy, the presence of a galaxy, a supernova, or basically some star. Now, you know, so we've got these known light sources that are out there. Well, you can get into the regions of, of the universe between galaxies, where what we call deep space, where there shouldn't be any light sources. Because, right, the, the, these known light sources collect in gravitational units of galaxies and stars. So your gravity works by pulling things into this core. And so in the deep space between the galaxies, you really shouldn't have anything out there um, that could produce light that we would know of. And furthermore, you're not going to have spectral reflectance like dust that maybe would be reflecting some lights, some light from uh, um, stars either. So it should be pretty much empty, well, not, not really empty space, but there's hydrogen and other elements that are zooming around out there, but, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously there's, you know, uh, quantum perturbations going on, and, and of course, there's a space-time field. But the, the, the point in, in question, though, is how come in this deep space there is this glow uh, that <laughs> doesn't seem to be linked to any known underlined light source? 
And um, right now we have only uh, two explanations. One is that we don't know of a light source that maybe goes back to the plasma era of uh, of the creation of the universe. So about a hundred when the universe is a hundred million years old or so. Uh, is there something that goes back um, uh, to that region or some uh, very very early region yeah. where light didn't have to be necessarily associated uh, uh-huh. with a uh, with a star or with a you know a supernova uh, nova or, or with a uh, um, you know a galaxy or something of that nature so that be one uh, possible you know thought uh, a second possible thought of course is uh, is there any way that uh, um, if you did have an intelligent life form, that an intelligent life form uh, could be doing something to produce, uh, uh, you know, a light source. But the light source seems to be very powerful to be produced by, you know, simple intelligent life form. And I love something it. Something amiss about that. And the third, of course, is you know, God can produce all kinds of. Uh, light phenomena that we just don't know about right now. And so this could be a phenomenon of light that's unlinked to any known uh, light source that that we currently have, because we do not have an exhaustive notion of physics, I assure you. Yeah, it really is true. I was thinking about that during the break. I was thinking, you know, yeah. you take a look at where we were 200 years ago. You know, you had to have ice to cool your, your food. I mean, people were yeah. on a horse and a buggy. I mean, the invention yeah. of airplanes and automobiles, let alone computers and microcircuitry and what we have today. I mean, we are rapidly, the, the computer, we're just, we're, yeah. we're just, we're still crawling. I mean, we're just, you know, mm-hmm. where we're going to be 100, let alone 1,000 years from now, who knows? But uh, yeah. we, you know, there's been this centuries, millennia. Uh, where uh, you know technologically uh, we were really quite quite finite, quite limited, and, and and we still are. You know what God will allow us to to unlock in the days ahead is going to be amazing. Let's take a few calls for you. Uh, Christopher's listening in Huntington Beach, California. He's been holding out yeah. for a while. Christopher, hi. You're on the air with uh, with Father Spitzer. Hi. How are you? Hey, great. Uh, so my question is. What is the church's stance on aliens and UFOs? Is it frowned upon, or do we simply just not know the vastness of God's creation? Um, my dad told me any distraction from God and his teachings can be the work of Satan deterring us from God's light. And in addition, what happens when a form of life outside of Earth is discovered or unveiled? Does the church revise its teachings? Well, Christopher, the Church doesn't um, really teach for or against alien life forms. Uh, neither the simple alien life forms, it could be a bacterium or simple plant life or simple complex organism, I mean, you know, complex organism with, without multiple uh, layers of, of organization. So, there, you know, there, there could be that kind of life form. The Church is open to it, but not, doesn't prohibit it, um, and so forth. Same thing with uh, the, the Church is also open to intelligent life forms like ourselves, which would be highly complex uh, from, you know, an organizational point of view, and in my view would also require a transphysical soul um, that could survive bodily death in order to do the thinking operations, the self-conscious operations, and have those transcendental desires I was describing earlier in the show. Whatever the case may be, the Church is also open to the possibility of an intelligent life. So no prohibition whatsoever 
just a, a simple openness to it. Uh, of course, if um, if it should be discovered that there is an intelligent life form um, uh, out there that that really is. Uh, you know, does mathematics like us really does have transcendental desires like we have for perfect truth and perfect goodness, perfect love, etc.? And also, um, you know, has uh, what I said that that phenomenon of um, you know near-death experiences where you survive your bodily death, uh, your consciousness survives your bodily death, but not in your physical body. If you discovered such a an alien, uh, it'd be incumbent upon us to tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. That would be to catechize him and the alien said okay i accept that you know that i need redemption that i'm a sinner um then baptize him and bring him into the christian church and that would be the mandate of jesus and also the mandate of the church that we baptize uh, any alien who's open uh to being saved um uh, from their sins and uh um, obviously uh i suppose that if there is a an alien with a soul, there is similarly experience of a satanic evil force uh, mm-hmm. that they may have some sense of needing to be rescued from. So, um, uh, yeah, the Church doesn't have to do any revisions because the Church hasn't either uh, said anything in favor or prohibiting um, alien life forms, either simple ones or complex ones. All right, Christopher, thank you. I appreciate your patience. You've been hanging out. Max is listening in the Bay Area there in California. Max, good afternoon. You're on the air. Hi, Drew. Uh, I would like to make a comment on this. Um, firstly, I think it's very narcissistic for people to think that there aren't other intelligent life forms or that we are the most intelligent. Um, God gives us souls that don't see why he wouldn't want to spread that around the universe. Now, with that being said, uh, aliens can be good or bad. I think that what we are seeing here with all this political uh, unrest is a distraction from the UAP phenomenon. Okay. Um, there's movies out there like The Fourth Kind uh, that talk about alien abductions that are painful, that are very scary. Uh, that is evil. That is infringing on our freedom. That is not of God. Um, so I, I, you know, I really think that it is not good, um, good things that are visiting us here. Um, I think it's happening. Uh, you know, there's military evidence backing that up. But I think we need to remember that God is the ruler of this universe. No matter what these beings do to us here, um, we will eventually die, and we're in God's hands, and we can't be harmed anymore. But uh, I think this is a reality that is slowly being drip-fed to the public, um, and we're going to have to face it sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And I think the mark is going to be alien cataloging humans. Um, okay. You know, allowing us right. to buy ourselves. I think yeah. that's what we are really being led to. Well, Ma- thanks, Max. Let's let's, let's talk about it, uh, Father. You know, before you get to Max's uh, mm-hmm. response, I, I just want to throw something in the middle of that. Okay. Sure. Max makes the claim, "Hey, we're kind of arrogant to think we're the only intelligent life form out there. Why couldn't God do this?" And we talked a little bit about that. And just to Max's point, you know, this footage of the USS Nimitz is really powerful video footage. You know, these eye, competent mm-hmm. eyewitnesses see a tic-tac-shaped object which defies the laws of physics, moves at extraordinary speeds. They track it. Uh, it's able to evade them. Competent eyewitnesses around the world claim mm-hmm. to have had these UFO uh, experiences. So it raises a couple questions for me. One, um, is this extraterrestrial intelligence technology far beyond what we have? Is it 
our military intelligence not yet revealed? I'm sure people who saw the stealth bomber when we were flying other aircraft would have thought that was alien. Um, or could it be, as I've heard others make the case, that this is a demonic deception, that this is really a, a spiritual phenomenon, or maybe it's some sort of uh, physical uh, manifestation, something that we don't yet fully understand, plasma or something along those lines. Let me throw that to you because there's a lot of people who say, hey, look, how do you, def- how do you go against these competent ey- eyewitnesses in the footage that, that uh, you know, the government has? Well, let me just split the answer into two parts. First, with respect to Max's thought, well, it would be narcissistic to think that we're the only intelligent life. I don't think um, that opinion issues from narcissism. I think it really issues from the fact that we don't have yet truly compelling evidence of intelligent life. And so I think most scientists, whether they be open to alien life or not, are not willing to say we have been visited. I mean, there are just a lot of scientists that don't think the the evidence is compelling. And that brings me to the second part of the answer. For example, um, this phenomenon that was on the Nimitz. Uh, A a good scientist will probably say, okay, could be an alien life form, uh, certainly, uh, with a really tremendous... um, you know, technology. Alternatively, there are phenomena called plasma phenomena. And plasmas do not operate in any way like we see, you know, some of our, um, you know, earthly natural forces down here operating where we say, oh, yes, a signal goes from point A and then to point B and then to point C, you know, one, two, three, and a C along a space timeline, but actually that some plasmas can actually, you can stimulate one part of the plasma, it can go to a whole different part of the plasma without going anywhere in between. Or you can get uh, quantum phenomena, where you can see that if you touch, you know, you know, if you have, uh, uh, you interact with one part of a quantum field, you're actually interacting with the whole quantum field extended over billions of miles simultaneously. Okay, so there's all kinds of things that are natural <clears throat> that we still have to account for. So could the tic tac phenomena? Could this, you know, now there are natural patterns, and so you might say, well, maybe that's not a plasma phenomenon or a quantum phenomenon of, of some sort because this violates a natural pattern because it went forwards and then backwards and then sideways or whatever it is. It's totally unnatural. You know, it looks like it's motivated by, you know, some kind of intelligence. That's, that's a possible thing, and so you might say, well, maybe I'll err more on the side of the intelligent um, uh, technology uh, rather than on um, an unexplained natural phenomenon. But, you know, scientists can't just simply do that. They really do have to have some kind of convincing evidence that this really requires, you know, an, uh, you know, um, an intelligence uh, to do and not just you know, is an unexplained natural phenomenon like a, a, a phenomenon like a plasma. So that's the the first thing that the that with respect to the evil hypothesis, you know, that's a very good um, and interesting thought too. Could something be uh, demonic out there? Is certainly a possibility. I mean, yes, there are demonic phenomena, and remember, demonic phenomena are angelic, and so that's certainly a possibility as well. Could it be an evil alien? Well, as I was just uh, saying, first questioner, Chris, you know, yeah, I mean, 
gee, if you have an intelligent life form like us with free choice and the desire and self-consciousness, the desire for perfect truth, love, goodness, beauty, and home, they're going to have an awareness of God, and they're going to actually be able to rationally move toward God, that is to say, an uncaused reality um, that is beyond um, the physical universe. They might have the same sense of proofs of God that we do. The point I'm trying to get to is, could they commit evil if they had free choice? Of course they could. So again, there could be evil aliens. Maybe that's a cause. So all these things are certainly possible. But at the same time, if you're going to say for sure that this is an alien phenomenon, a scientist would have to rule out all natural uh, phenomena, natural patterns, etc., would also have to uh, rule out some kind of, well, a scientist wouldn't have to rule out an angelic uh, uh, phenomenon, but would have to um, also rule out uh, conjunctions, you know, of natural phenomena, things of that nature, and that's very difficult to do. However, if you suddenly found a complex, say, a, a spaceship, that had complex materials and complex, uh, you know, uh, computational systems, and had transportation systems of which we were not familiar with metal, uh, you know, and and and, and composite uh, substances that we didn't know of. Okay, I would say that would convince most scientists. Okay, there is a, an alien intelligent alien phenomenon that's visited us. All right, well, Father, hold that thought. When we come back, we'll pick it up. I know a lot of people sure. exercising. Great virtue of patience, boy. They've been waiting a while. Sorry. We'll get them on the air, okay? No, I wish I had 10 hours, like I say. We'll be back. Our conversation continues right after this. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio, live now. Well, thanks for joining me. It is great to be here with you today. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about a lot of different things. The possibility of intelligent life. The CIA has just released uh, some of its UFO files. There may be more of this coming from the government. It raises questions about intelligent life. There are mysteries that we have yet to unlock uh, about the laws of uh, physics and the mystery of God's creation. And we talked about a strange light where there should be no light in the universe. Uh, there's talk of, uh, you know, even a, a planet X, a theor theoretical object bigger than Pluto um, that si the scientists have now found uh, very close to us. So uh, we could talk about a, a million different things. My guest, uh, Father Spitzer, and Father, this is great stuff. It makes you think. It all points in one direction to me, and that's to the... Uh, no, to God, <laughs> to the divine creator of all of this. And and life is a mystery. One day we'll be with him. And I do, we were, you and I were talking off air. I do want to bring you back so we can talk about this other reality, heaven and hell. And I know you wrote a book on that as well. If people want to get plugged into your books, um, A Soul's Upward Yearning or any of them, what's the best way to get connected? Oh, uh, CredibleCatholic.com is... Uh is great. Um, so just go to CredibleCatholic.com. You can see some, uh, you know, a reconciliation of um, faith and reason. And of course, Maja Center of Reason and Faith is dedicated uh, to looking at uh, the uh, complementarity uh, between faith and science and philosophy. 
All right, sounds great. Let's go back to the phones. John's been sure. holding for a while. He is in Greenbelt, Maryland. John, good afternoon. Hi. Okay, I got a kind of a variation on what we're talking about. Are we on the? There are two trillion galaxies. Are we on the only fallen planet in the universe? Did Christ die for them? Also, do they even believe in Christ? Oh, great okay. question, John. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all right, John, let's, let's answer part one. Let Father respond and okay, I'll, I'll pick it up. answer part one. Uh, so, yes, there could absolutely be another fallen, uh, intelligent uh, life form like ourselves in the universe. So if God created a soul uh, for self-consciousness, free choice, transcendental desires, etc., that uh, being, that intelligent being, would have the possibility of choosing good or evil. Now, if they're anything like us, and I really do believe there's a demonic force that would be trying to seduce and tempt them, just like a demonic force seduced and tempted our first parents, I really do believe that um, they could fall. In fact, there, there might well be a fall. And if they did fall, the answer to your question is yes. Christ's act of crucifixion and passion and death which is an unconditional and infinite act of love, could redeem them just as much as it redeems us on this planet. And certainly um, there is no restriction that another species could have fallen um, uh, parents, uh, and therefore that Christ's infinite act of love would apply to that and any other species in the universe as well. So that's answer number one, and I think yeah, sure. uh, no church leader would disagree with that. All right, John, your second part of your question? Oh, I was going to say, okay, so we're on the only fallen planet in the universe. Did Christ, uh, he died for, uh, no, the Bible just talks about this one. planet. Yeah. Uh, Hang on, we, we need to bring, let, let, let's, let's clarify that point. I don't think Father said we're yeah. the only fallen. Yeah, God, I, I don't think I agree with that. I, I, I would say I don't know whether we are the only fallen planet, because there could be other fallen planets. So somewhere in, are you talking about the, when you say a fallen planet, do you, that somehow the, the planetary um, uh, laws would be somehow different and uh, would produce death, whereas they wouldn't produce death on another planet that wasn't fallen? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. It's, well, I would say this, that the, the, the laws of, of planetary, well, the laws of physical bodies um, and the laws of organic chemistry, etc., they're all the same on every single planet. So, um, you know, when, when uh, we talk about, you know, the, um, the Earth being uh, fallen, uh, all we can say now is, you know, and we can't interpret the Scripture in a way that's going to be uh, contradictory to science. But as far as we know, um, it's not, we're not the only fallen planet. I mean, everything, all of matter in some way is, is, um, is uh, in relationship to human beings is going to be adversarial, and that's what we can say. But, you know, are you saying phys differences in physical laws? No. I don't think the Church would say there's any difference in physical laws mm -hmm. because of the fall Just that's restricted just to the planet Earth. All right. Okay, so thank you. Thanks, John. I appreciate thank you. it. You're welcome. Let, let's go to, uh, gosh, who's up next? Uh, let me go to, is it Jesus? Jesus doesn't believe in other galaxies. Doesn't believe other galaxies exist. Jesus, how you doing? I'm doing good. 
How are yourself? Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Sure. Go right ahead. Um, okay, I have a question, and the reason I don't believe, okay, Father, uh, if this really existed, why isn't it? Why isn't it in the Bible? If it existed, don't you think God would have told us in the Bible? Well, here, well, Jesus, actually, no, because the Catholic Church doesn't teach that. The Church. This goes back to an encyclical from a pope. That's uh, it's the encyclical is called um, uh, Divino Afflante Spiritu. And in it was done by Pope Pius the Twelfth way back in I think 1943, and he was he said okay well how come the Genesis account can disagree with the scientific account, and this is what Pope Pius the Twelfth said, he said look the the point of science is to give us a proper description and explanation of the physical universe according to mathematical and physical, that is to say, measurable, empirical, scientific um, uh, data. So that, that would be science's job. Uh, the job of sacred scripture is not to give a proper physical and, and uh, a proper uh, uh, description and explanation of physical reality according to the scientific methodology, but rather to give us sacred truths necessary for salvation. So the point of sacred scripture, right, so when the author of Genesis is writing, he's not trying to give us the quantum theory or something of that nature. What he's trying to say is four major things. Remember, he's writing 600 B.C. He's trying to figure out, okay, you know, what's going on around me? We've got all these rival epics and all these rival myths, right? And what are they saying with all these uh, epics? Well, they're saying there are many gods, but there's only one god. So the sacred truth necessary for salvation is that there's one god, there's not a moon god, and a sun god, and a mountain god, and a sea god. There's only one god, and everything else is a creature. It's a creature created by the one god. So once he's established that all of these other things are just created, emphas- uh, created entities that, that were made by God, then he, he takes up the whole thing about man. And he says, hey, you know, man, the rival myths, right, that are all around Israel, what are they saying? They're saying, well, gee, human beings are just, you know, cannon fodder for the gods who just play games with them like on a chessboard, and they kill them at will, and and there's nothing serious about human life. And here comes the divinely inspired biblical author, and he says, no, human beings are made in the very image and likeness of God. They are not cannon fodder for God. God treats them justly and lovingly and mercifully. That's the salvific truth. That's the saving truth necessary for your salvation. So there's two different methodologies to come to two different kinds of results. One are necessary truths for salvation. The other one is for a complete uh, explanation and description of the physical universe. Father, I've got to leave it right there because I'm out of time. My apologies to Pete, who didn't believe in UFOs until recently. He does now. We'd love to have heard from him and everyone else that was on on hold. You and I, we'll get back together again, okay? I can't wait to talk to you more. It's always a delight. Thank you, Father. All right. Blessings, Drew. Thank you. That's 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 Father Robert Spitzer. Say a prayer for him. Uh, I'm out of time for the day, as always. I'm praying for you. I do throughout the day. Please pray for me and... uh, 
Until our paths again cross, remember God loves you. All right, so do I. Have a good day. We'll talk tomorrow.